Hey friends, and welcome to the Mocha Local Podcast. If you're new here, my name is Vito. I'm the founder of Mocha Local, and I'm based in Bethesda. On this podcast, we explore life, politics, and government in Montgomery County, Maryland from a progressive lens. Today, we take a look at how amendments introduced by State Senator Michael Jackson, representing Prince George's County, derailed the bill that would fully repeal the Law Enforcement Officer's Bill of Rights. State Senator Jeff Waldstreicher, a Democrat representing District 18 in Montgomery County, introduced additional amendments to the full repeal, and it passed the Judicial Proceedings Committee with these amendments on Friday. State Senator Michael Jackson, who is a former Prince George's County Sheriff, by the way, introduced several small amendments on Friday that include provisions that would allow officers to exercise the same right to engage in political activity as other state employees while off-duty, permit officers to seek secondary employment, restrict income or property disclosures, prevent officers from being fired, disciplined, demoted, or denied a promotion, or transfer for exercising their constitutional rights or the rights provided for them under the bill, prohibit agencies from denying officers their right to file a lawsuit for incidents that arise while on duty, enable officers to request that formal complaints be expunged from their record if they are exonerated, the allegations were unsustained, or they were acquitted by a hearing board and three years have passed since the department's decision, and it would keep formal complaints from being admissible in court if they were unsustained or the officer was exonerated or acquitted by a hearing board. It's also important to remember that one of the amendments would scrap the Civilian Oversight Board. It's now a three-person board with a law enforcement officer and two civilians, not entirely what advocates had wanted. Further, State Senator Jeff Waldstreicher, a Democrat who considers himself progressive from Montgomery County, he represents District 18, introduced further amendments. He said that his intent was to just provide some logical, simple bounds so that every minor criminal act, which none of us even consider to be criminal acts, do not get someone fired from their job. It should be noted that in the bill, if a crime doesn't violate agent agency policies, it's not subject to discipline anyway, so that amendment seems superfluous. This is what Senator Jill Carter had to say about the bill with amendments. She authored the original bill with the full repeal. Senator Carter. This is no longer my bill. I will vote yes on the bill because it's a smidgen of an improvement over the prior Law Enforcement Officer Bill of Rights. Um, we still should call it the Law Enforcement Officer Bill of Rights because that's what it is. So I'll vote yes because it's a slight improvement, but it's not a repeal. Advocates and organizations like the ACLU of Maryland say that SB 627 is no longer the bill that the community and directly impacted families have been asking you to pass, take the bill back to the committee, and return it to the original intent Anything less than a real repeal of the Law Enforcement Officer Bill of Rights and community oversight is unacceptable. Councilmember Will Jawando noted that these weakening amendments give police officers extra rights that no citizen has. So this isn't a repeal at all. This is still the Law Enforcement Officer Bill of Rights. I'm a little unsure why we even had 
a police accountability work group last year if we weren't going to repeal the Law Enforcement Officer Bill of Rights. In fact, I'm, this is what law enforcement officials, especially the Fraternal Order of Police, which is the police union in Maryland, want. They don't want a repeal of the Law Enforcement Officer Bill of Rights. Uh, and I think it's important to note that uh, Senator Jeffrey Waldstreicher um, has received donations from the Montgomery County FOP, I think um, 6,600 in the past few years. State Senator Will Smith has also received donations from police PACs and the FOP. It's about $2,000 since 2017. Uh, there's probably more going back further. I, I just didn't go back that far. So we have Democrats derailing the full repeal of the Law Enforcement Officer Bill of Rights. This is uh, what law enforcement wants. They, they don't want this repealed because it gives them extra rights above and beyond what citizens already have. And two of these uh, senators, Senator Jeffrey Waldstreicher and Senator Will Smith, consider themselves progressive. And I don't want to gatekeep, but if you're going to call yourself a progressive, then you should support the full repeal of the Law Enforcement Officer Bill of Rights. Progressivism is about seeing the humanity and everybody, and giving law enforcement officials extra rights above and beyond what a citizen already has takes away the humanity of others. You can't have both, especially when the police system is built atop white supremacy and oppression. We know what's going to happen, and in fact, has happened in Montgomery County as well as other places in Maryland. I would love to hear your thoughts on the repeal of the Law Enforcement Officer Bill of Rights or the lack of a full repeal. You can send me an email at veto at mocolocal.blog. You can also send me a DM on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Tuesday, the 23rd, Montgomery County Council voted on a zoning text amendment which would allow solar collection in the Agricultural Reserve. The Agricultural Reserve is about um, one-third of Montgomery County. It's reserved land. It cannot be developed. It's reserved for agriculture or farming. But this amendment would allow for solar projects on protected farmland. Environmentalists, conservationists, civic groups, farmers in the county were in favor of the bill as was, as it was originally written, originally submitted. But after a year of debate, some environmental groups, I wouldn't really call them environmental groups, won, I guess. And this is such a watered-down version that people were actually saying to just scrap it. 
And by people, I mean <laughs> a state senator <laughs> who uh, chairs the House of Delegates Environment and Transportation Committee, Kumar Barv, uh, urged county council members to withdraw what has become a potentially harmful bill. If a local government of Montgomery County stature and progressive reputation can turn its back on affordable community solar, other Maryland counties might likely follow suit. And it's important to note that groups like Montgomery County Sierra Club, back to the original version, the Chesapeake Climate Action Network, back to the original version, and in fact, the director of the Chesapeake Climate Action Network, Mike Tidwell, said in an interview that, I don't think I've ever seen such bad energy policy about to be made. This is the most unbalanced anti-solar bill in the region. So this bill, which is supposedly made, written, to allow solar projects, this is an anti-solar bill. <laughs> I mean, you can't really make this up. Let's listen to what council member Hans Reimer had to say about the bill. He was the one who originally submitted it. Okay, well, uh, we've talked a lot. Um, I imagine we probably don't want to talk as much today and just move move through some votes. But, um, you know, since our last session, there has been a lot of, um, you know, feedback from the community and especially from the private sector, but as well as state policymakers. And, um, you know, I, I think everyone knows where I stand. Um, I strongly support what we proposed. Um, the feedback that we have received, I think, is very concerning that the amended ZTA uh, will essentially um, result in very little, if any, solar development. Um, and more problematically, I think, sets a very concerning precedent uh, for state policy that relies upon local communities to uh, you know, shoulder a, a share of this, of, of the change that's needed. Here is what Councilmember Evan Glass had to say about the bill with the amendments. As a number of you have indicated, this is a difficult situation. Um, and after much reflection, I've decided that I'm going to be voting for this because I've been elected to get things done, not to take protest votes. And I know that some will declare victory when one or two solar installations get built, but that is not victory because we need to do so much more. A few solar installations is not the goal of the ZTA. It's the starting point. And my vote today is to start that process officially, but we have a long way to go. And so I view this program, this process, as a pilot program, and one that we need to expand upon in the future in order to meet our energy needs. Uh, but this proposal is not as strong as it should be or needs to be, but it does open the door, a step, a tiny step. And it is not what a climate emergency demands of us, but it is the result of this legislative process. And I respect that. All right. Uh, forgive me, I'm going to be spitballing here a little bit, but oh, gosh. I don't even know what to say. I mean, again, we have uh, a legislative body that considers itself progressive. That's not really 
passing progressive legislation, we're in the midst of climate change. It's not something that's going to happen in a generation or two. It's happening right now. In fact, it's been happening for a while. You know, obviously the most recent example is what happened in the Midwest and the South, uh, specifically in Texas, this past week and a half. You know, climate change isn't just about, you know, a warming earth, and it's not about the temperature rising. It's about weird, unusual, and unpredictable climate. And not just that, it's, it's affecting and changing climate in regions in real time, like in Texas. Hurricanes are moving further up the coast instead of hitting mostly the south, you know, in Florida and the Caribbean. More extreme hurricanes as well. Tornadoes touching down in spots they never really touched down before in a longer tornado season. Droughts in California, wildfires in California, and then also landslides in California that knock down highways. You know, and what ultimately happens when climate starts to destabilize, the most marginalized are impacted the greatest. And we have a governor who believes that widening the beltway is the answer to traffic jams, even though studies have shown that another lane just adds more cars onto the road. It doesn't ease congestion. We are making progress on the purple line, but it's still far off from being completed. And then it's not going to be enough, really. I think I, I read an article that was shared by Dan Reed of Just Up the Pike, where, um, you know, uh, metro rail ridership was down like 90%, but bus ridership was only down 50%. And if you look at where bus routes are in comparison to where metro rail routes are, it tells a really good story that where we're lacking transportation options are our most vulnerable residents. These are people who are essential workers. They're working minimum wage jobs. I don't think, you know, they can afford to be prepared for climate emergencies like Ted Cruz and his family, who can jet off to Cancun when it gets too cold. So where does it leave us? I, I, I don't know. Um, and how do we move forward? Obviously, we're going to need to work on this more. This isn't something that we can put aside for a few years, a couple years. It, we probably should take it up as soon as possible, probably as soon as the pandemic is over. You know, in a county that is changing a lot and coming to terms with a lot of bad things, like it's racism and how systemic racism in the county plays a big part of who has access to what, like schools, like public transportation, and affordable housing. You know, we are trying to navigate a lot of things all at once. And we are trying to decide who we are as a county. And we're facing a lot of tough decisions. But these are things that we need to address sooner rather than later.
just like the repeal of the Law Enforcement Officer Bill of Rights, that, that was not actually a repeal. I would like to hear your thoughts on Community Solar in the Ag Reserve. Again, you can email, DM me. Heck, you can even call me. I'll give you my phone number. I'll also put a link to my voicemail. That's local local voicemail specifically for this. So you can leave me feedback. I want to thank you for listening to the first episode of the Mocha Local Podcast. It's been a long time coming, and I'm so happy to have the first one under my belt. If you like this episode or are on the fence and would like to check out a couple more, make sure to subscribe. You can subscribe at iTunes Podcasts. You can subscribe at Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, I would really appreciate it if you could go and leave a review on iTunes or Google Podcasts or Spotify. I'd like to thank Stephen Indersano for the intro-outro music. It was an absolute delight working with you. If you need audio services like an intro and outro for your podcast or project or audio editing services, check him out. I'll make sure to put his information in the show notes. One final thing to note, this podcast contains opinions that are my own. They don't represent any opinions or platforms of any organizations that I work with or any organizations that I happen to represent. Thank you.